Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. This is Coach Prep edition number 11. Awesome. It's going to be uh, published on December 6th. It's hard to believe it's December already, Don. But uh, we wanted to uh, start off this episode of Coach Prep reminding everybody about our new uh, sponsor, which is CleatedUpFP. CleatedUp.com is an app that you can use on your phone for all your on-field, in-team, in-organization communication. Uh, It's a great tool for coaches to use to communicate with their teams, with their coaches, uh, within an organization, uh, within a team. Uh, It's a great tool, very, very flexible, and it's free to use for anybody that uh, that chooses to use it. So we were really excited about having the guys from Clean It Up uh, on board, and it's a great partnership, and we're looking forward to working together here um, as we continue to grow. We'll get to visit with them soon, right? Yep, they're going to be on our Everything Fast Pitch uh, podcast here in the next couple of weeks. Last week, Don, we talked about uh, uh, being aware of your on-field surroundings, and uh, one of my uh, regulars let me know that they really liked the um, really liked the discussion, but noticed that we left out one very important thing. So I wanted us to kind of wrap that up before we move into our new topic today. And so uh, he mentioned that uh, you know you loved all the things that we talked so about. We but, were pretty uh, thorough, but, but uh, you basically said you forgot to talk about the wind. The wind, and so. Kind of hit me then. It's like, yeah, we did forget to talk about it. We've so, all played in um, some bad wind. Yeah and, yeah, and I've had a couple of stories of days playing where the wind was blowing so so ridiculously hard that it did have an impact on the game. Uh, when I was still coaching at Wisconsin Parkside, we played a game. Um, wind was blowing constantly like 35, 40 miles an hour, and it was gusting up and beyond that to the point that when we got home, our batting cage had blown over. Right. Obviously, it was a windy you know, storm that had gone through. But uh, I'll never forget a ball that our left fielder called that our shortstop caught coming right. back in that probably the person who had the best chance to catch it was probably the catcher. Right. But it went out at about a 45-degree angle, and it came back at about a 45-degree angle because it got up in that jet stream, and it just got blown and blown and blown. And you know, normally you see that shortstop you know, chasing out into the outfield to make that over-the-shoulder catch. In this case... Uh, uh, we had her running towards home plate, making an over-the-shoulder catch. Awesome. So it was a crazy thing to see. So um, uh, the wind. I was going to say, yeah, we had a crazy time, too, uh, in Emporia, Kansas. Oh, we, don't don't we, get me started about we, Emporia, Kansas. Well, do you remember, was it windy? Yeah, it yeah. It was crazy windy. And, and it was blowing in the whole tournament. Well, we... I'd, I guess we we ended up winning that tournament, but yeah, yeah that was a national championship. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah, I was there. And, <laughs> and, but I remember. But, it, but it was so windy that everybody was worried about how windy it was and how awful it was. But that entire year, we were just miserable with rain and cold and all these different uh, elements, you know, that just were far extremes that by the time we got there and it was windy, it was like, okay, it's windy. Yeah. So it didn't seem to, to be as much an issue as it typically could have been for a, yeah. but so, for a, for a spoiled uh, but So Georgia it was a good team. point, Mike. Yeah. I appreciate you yeah. reminding us that we should have talked about the wind. And so obviously as you're doing your assessment of the field, um, you get a feel for what, where the wind is, how it's blowing, and what kind of impact it's going to have. When you're doing your pregame warm-up, um, you know, make sure that we're uh, doing some pop-ups and some fly balls to give us a chance to kind of get a feel for it. And make sure that we're helping our players be aware of the fact that it's just not going to be a normal day. If we got you know thirty mile an hour winds, that ball's going to be moving in the air. And if we have a hard time with pop up story, we can throw them up, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so we can no. throw some balls up. Yeah, but we definitely want to see the impact that that wind's going to have on the ball. So that uh, uh, hopefully uh, completes the list of things that we want to be aware of. So that's going to lead us into our our real topic for today. And we wanted to just kind of talk to our coaching friends about the idea of being an open minded coach. 
you know, I just wrote a blog uh, that's uh, published this week about uh, uh, being a Star Wars fan. You know, when I was in high school, you know, the original Star Wars movie came out, so 1977. And so a long time ago, but uh, there have been you know, a whole lot of Star Wars movies and spinoffs and cartoons and all kinds of things since then. Well, there's a new show out now called The Mandalorian. And for those of you that uh, um, have seen it, you kind of know what I'm talking about. But for those of you that haven't, it's you know, basically a spinoff of a character from the original Star Wars. But the Mandalorian uh, warriors, when they communicate with each other, their, their catchphrase, their mantra is, that is the way. And it made me think about coaching because I think for a lot of us, you know, we start off as coaches or, or, or continue as coaches thinking, well, that's the way. That's how we were told. That is the way. And unfortunately, I think what we want to be doing is talking about the idea of being open-minded, being a lifelong learner. You know, uh, Don, you made a great point a week or two ago about how as coaches, we expect our players to dedicate themselves in the off season and to dedicate themselves, you know, to the extra work and to, you know, hit every day at home and to, you know, do all the lessons and all those things on their own. But are we holding ourselves as coaches to that same standard of, working on our own, working in, a, in our off-season, learning new things, becoming a better coach. And I think, unfortunately, the answer a lot of times is that we're not. Because we have the way already, right? Right. We think we know we've the way. We've already got it. We, you know, we think we're the Mandalorian. We're gonna, you know, we've are gonna. we got this, uh, uh, this set of beliefs that, that shape everything that we do. Now, I think there's some give and take because I, I will say that certainly there are some things that coaches believe to be important that are important and probably always will be. For sure. But that doesn't yeah. mean that... Uh, if I value great aggressive base running, that I might not be able to learn some things to help my kids run the bases more effectively. It doesn't mean that if I'm a super aggressive coach thinking that hitters should go up there hacking, that I'm not going to learn new things or new ideas that are going to help our players be able to execute that plan better. Sure. And so um, the challenge that we're going to throw out there is, you know, this is kind of an off-season time for us as coaches. Uh, we got a little bit of a break around the holidays. Put on your list a couple of things that you're going to work on, that you're going to emphasize are going to be your your goals, your, your, your new challenges to learn some things, to do some things better, and to remain open-minded in your coaching approach. No, I think that's super advice for sure, Tori. And uh, I think that I learn watching other people, you know, watching other coaches that I think are very good coaches. I watch what they're doing. i uh, you know, try and uh, be conscious of what they're doing, whether it's pregame or during the games, how they interact with their players, how they interact with the umpires and other coaches and their coaches, their staff, you know, try and find things that I really like about what they're doing because that could help, you know, help me down the road too. Right. Well, one of the things that I've always prided myself on as a coach is that I've always been open-minded. Now, it doesn't mean that I haven't been stubborn about things like other people too, because I'm sure that that's true. Sure. And I have players that would probably be you know, spitting their coffee up right Go now, thinking that, pick I, our things. That, that I was open-minded. But one of the things that I've always tried to do is whenever I have a chance to watch other people practice, yeah, I try to go and do yeah. that. Because I think that seeing some other way of approaching things, seeing different ways of organizing things, uh, seeing different points of emphasis being talked about with players is always a good thing for us as coaches. You know, we tell players if they go to a camp, if they learn one thing, it was worth it. For me as a coach, if I go watch somebody else practice, if I learn one thing, yep. I feel like it was worth it. The reality of it is even at this point in time, you know, I, I can't wait to learn more things, even though my career's on its on its downward slide right now. 
You know, last year, uh, my son and I had the opportunity. Um, you know, you know, my son Chuck is yeah. working on his PhD at the University of Florida. Oh, Florida, yeah. and I was down there for a weekend when Florida was playing at home of uh, one of their preseason tournaments, and we went over and we watched. Um, I hadn't even said anything yet, and Chuck was reminding me that it was time to go. And I said, "Well, Chuck, the game's not till two o'clock." He said, "Well, you want to get there early," <laughs> and he was right. I wanted to get there early. I wasn't going to drag him there, but he, you know, knew that I wanted to because I wanted to watch him warm up. I that, wanted to be able to see learn. everything yeah. that they were doing, you know, and and the different drills and different things that they were going to be doing. You know, in uh, our Everything Fast Pitch podcast this past week, we talked about that first step, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm watching. Florida doing things in their pregame routine with ladders and things like that to work on their footwork pregame on game day. Um, they were playing Mercer University and Mercer. I know Stephanie DeFeo, another you know good friend of ours, another great coach, watching her team warm up and some things that they were doing with drills and communication and and uh, things like that. You know, one of the things that I noticed with both of those coaches that uh, kind of rang true to me was that in their pregame routine, it wasn't just, I'm going to hit you 10 fly balls and we're going to say we're ready to play. Right. It was drop steps. It was move to ready. It was footwork in the agility ladder. It was all those little things to allow their players to be you know that much more prepared to play. My guess is that that's something that they've both learned because I know, you know Stephanie played back in the day when you know, some of that stuff probably was not as in vogue. You know, to me, it, it's uh, it's a really good thing to see coaches that are open minded enough to keep you know incorporating new ideas and new things. But for us, as as we look at this discussion, you know, I think as we say, well, I'm I'm going to be open minded. Well, what are some areas that we can look at? Do I really know everything that I need to know? You know, so we talk about hitting all the time. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I know I think I've learned things in the last six months that have made me an astronomically better hitting coach. Than I was six months ago. Well, I think yeah. I think even if it's learning how to get across to a different personality or to another yeah. another student, for sure. One more yeah. teaching point. One yeah. more way of saying something. One more analogy that helps them, you know, make a connection to something that that we want them to do better. And so, I mean, I coached my first softball game in 1978. Wow. Yeah. A long, long time ago. And so, you know, now whatever, 40 years later. I'm still happy to say that I'm learning things now, um, you know, that that make me a better instructor and give me more things to use to to help a player. So hitting is one of those areas that no matter how proficient you are, no matter how knowledgeable you are, I think there's always things that you're going to be able to add to your toolbox as a coach that are going to make you more effective. Well, we've talked about how things change from you were talking on the other podcast about uh, you know the history of baseball yeah. and how things have evolved, and it's going to continue to evolve whether it's training techniques, technology, all the different things that we might not be as familiar with, I think are going to be more utilized as time goes. I've got many players that are, uh, you know, videoing their own swings and trying to review things. So that's and great. And you've got the sensor systems, you know, blast motion and some yeah. of those others that are out there that are, 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 again, you know, great training tools for us if we're open-minded enough to use them. Right. You know, if, if I'm stuck in, in my ways and I'm not willing to look at other things as a possibility, then I think we're always going to be limited limited, and, and yeah. hol- holding ourselves back. Another area, you know, when we talk about uh, conditioning, you know, right. pl- it doesn't matter how strong you are, it doesn't matter how fast you are, faster and stronger is always going to be better. Yeah. So as a coach, um, can I figure out a way to build in some things in practice or some things that I'm going to add uh, knowledge to my uh, my skills to be able to do some things that are going to help my players be stronger, be faster, be more agile. 
I think that's an unlimited area where there's thousands of things that we could be learning to directly apply to our kids playing better. Absolutely. And I think, too, I think we mentioned earlier that uh, the things we do in practice are likely the things that they'll try and emulate when they're when they're training on their own. Right. So if we give them, you know, ideas and, and fun things that they might be able to do when they're on their own, then they are going to, you know, excel that much more in the big picture. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's a funny story, but it's one that uh, kind of makes me think about, uh, you know, softball as a sport where fitness is becoming more valuable. Um, and again, fitness doesn't really mean body type. You know, there's some kids that are a little bit heavier that are still really athletic and play the game really well. Um, but there was a girl that played for me way back when, uh, when I first started coaching at Tennessee Tech. She came in to uh, meet with me for something. I can't even remember what the meeting was about, but she was really proud of herself because she knew, you know, this is the first time, you know, that she'd ever been involved in a weight program. You know, she was, you know, talking about how she knew she felt better and she was sleeping better and, you know, she felt stronger and she knew she was, you know, playing better and the ball seemed to be jumping off her bat more. You know, she you know, was go- going through the list of things that were telling her that she knew she was getting in better shape. And she said, you know, and then the other day, I couldn't help but notice I was fixing my ponytail. And when I fixed my ponytail, and I looked in the mirror and I could see the lines between my bicep and the rest of my arm. <laughs> Some definition. And, and, and that's a good thing, right? I said, well, yeah, definition's a good thing. Right. So, you know, the, now that's you know, obviously a formal strength training program. But there's you know, a few things that we can be doing on a regular basis in practice to kind of give our kids a feel for getting a little bit stronger, a little bit more fit, a little bit more healthy. And you know, obviously, faster and stronger is always going to be over. So that's a way, another area for us as coaches. And a lot of us have very little, if any, knowledge or experience in that area. More limited. Right. Yeah. So another one that a lot of us have very little or limited knowledge is the mental game. Right. So that's another area that I think we have to be really open-minded. You know, the old saying about you know, 90% of this game is... Uh, mental, mental and the other 50% is physical. You yeah. know, the uh, uh, reality of it is we know that the mental game and, and the mental approach is gigantically important in a player's performance. So are we doing things as coaches to learn enough about it to help our players perform better? So often, Tori, we talk about two players side by side. They throw the same, they run the same, they hit the same, everything's the same, but one thinks stronger, thinks better, has a little bit better mental approach. They're going to have an advantage, you know, right. uh, both, you know, currently and then down the road for college potential. Right. Yeah. And and a simple one that we've talked about in the past, but I think is a, a great place to talk about it here is, you know, here, coaches, here's something that you can add to your game if you haven't already. It's going to make you a better coach tomorrow. Stop saying don't. Plant the positive vision. Yeah. Stop yep. saying don't. Because when we say don't, we don't get what we want. They get the bad vision. Yeah. Yep. And so... Um, you know, and that's a mental game skill that I learned, you know, b- by accident. Didn't even realize I wanted to learn it when I went to a coaching clinic and, and heard Brian Kane talk about some different things. And he did a, you know, a little presentation that talked about, you know, four or five, six things that you could do on an everyday basis with your players, you know, to help them be stronger mentally and to have a, a better approach uh, to the game and a more confident approach to the game. So, yeah, a funny thing, too, is with players, if you say, hey, tell me three things you're going to do. Some of them will catch themselves at that point and say, well, I'm, I'm not going to drop my hands. Well, no, that's not something you're going to do. You're right. going to keep your hands high yeah. or keep your hands locked in. And uh, if you can make them start saying three things they're going to do, then they'll start catching themselves a little bit too because it's, it's easy to fall in that trap. Right. And to defend all the coaches that are out there saying don't right now, that's how we were brought up. Right. That's, that's all I learned when I was younger. And 
you know, like you said, going to these clinics and the mental game programs and things like that can be a big changing thing for coaches and players both. Right. Well, and, and uh, I still notice it all the time because I know better now. But uh, if I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody coach a kid to don't do something, to don't do something, um, I'd, I wouldn't have to worry about winning the lottery because I'd have millions of dollars. Right. Um, so, but that's, you know, again, another area for us as coaches, if we're going to be truly dedicated, if we're going to hold ourselves to the same standard we hold our kids to, so we've already thought about hitting, we've thought about physical and conditioning, we've talked about the mental game. Well, how about nutrition? Sure. You know, we talked about that a little bit the other day about the no energy drinks rule. If we want our kids to, you know, to have the the fuel in the tank to be able to be out there playing great on a 95 degree day, maybe we need to learn a little bit for ourselves about nutrition and the importance of eating healthy and being healthier to share with our players. For sure. You know, if, uh, if we can train them and, and uh, help them uh, understand the importance of those kinds of things, then that's another area. And again, something that I think most of us don't know very much about. We're, we've kind of turned a corner now where, you know, more people are aware of, Conscious. of, of lifelong health decisions. But not that long ago, I didn't know that when you looked at your dinner plate, it was supposed to have different color foods on it. <laughs> sure. And that that was a good thing. You know, right. that you had some green and some orange and some tan and some, you know, yellow and all this different things that it meant that you had a more balanced diet. And like, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Everything on my plate's got gravy on it. So it all looks the same. So it's perfect. But so nutrition's another area for us as coaches that I think we can, can delve into. And again, it doesn't mean that we've got to become absolute experts, but if we have a little bit of knowledge and we pick up you know, one or two things that are really valuable that can help our players. You know, we talked about uh, the healthy snack on game day of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Right. Good alternative. I mean, and besides the fact that I love peanut butter and jelly, it's kind of, it would be kind of nice to know that, oh, hey, wait a second, this is you know, going to help me perform better. Right. It's a healthier version of energy than that, you know, 32 ounce bang energy drink. Very cool. You know, and then we talk about throwing. Throwing is another one. You know, there's, you know, we all think we know all there is to know about throwing. It's one of those really fundamental skills. But the number of games I watch lost because of bad throwing is too many to count. That's almost what they're involved. Yeah, everything that in a in an oops is involving throwing and catching. Right. Yeah. So, so that's another area for us as coaches that we can pick up one or two things, a couple of new drills. A couple new things of, of emphasis. Arm care. Uh, yeah. You know, treat your arm better so that you stay healthier. Yeah. So there's a lot of things out there on the on the horizon. You know, when we talk about, you know, coaches, we want you to be lifelong learners. Well, you know, what are you talking about? You know, what's what what do I need to learn? Well, you know, there's five or six topics, you know, that we've just kind of scratched the surface of. Now you can find one thing in every one of those areas and incorporate that into your uh, coaching, you know, add that to your coaching toolbox. Or pick one area and really focus on it so you can make a huge impact on it. How about this too, Tori? Create, creating, <laughs> pra creating practices that, uh, that don't use our arms that much. We've had a long weekend of ball and we've got to practice down Monday or Tuesday. And um, let's create some practices that don't involve a lot of throwing. Right. Still people moving to the backup roles and um, you know fielding balls but not, not overdoing the arms. So yeah. we can create a little bit, uh, a little bit more of a, a arm awareness routine as well right so the, the the next logical question is for a coach that makes up their mind they're going to listen to this podcast and decide that that is the way is not the way <laughs> they're going to continue to coach so where, where do i go to get this information well the wealth of information and knowledge is unbelievable you know i, I always recommend to start off at our fastpitchprep.com website if you go through the blogs you're going to find blogs that uh, 
have been written about you know all of these topics a hundred times over. Um, so there's you know there's lots of information. You can go to our YouTube channel and look at the you know the little two minute three minute videos that you and I have done um, that other people have done for us with different uh, drills and things that we can use to help our players. There are hundreds of thousands of things on different social media posts, uh, YouTube and and Facebook with all kinds of different uh, technical things, different drills, different uh, suggestions for things that you can do uh, to help your players get better. You know, there are, are hundreds and hundreds of books. You know, the, the mental game uh, topic is a, is a great one. If you, t- if you uh, looked at uh, um, Amazon and just typed into the search bar mental game, you're going to have 25 books that are going to pop up on your screen. You know, Brian Kane and uh, a lot of other people that are really knowledgeable mental game people. If you typed in softball nutrition, you're going to get 25 books and videos and DVDs. There's tons and tons of information out there. And then the one that I would really recommend, because this is my favorite, talk to other coaches that you know and invite yourself to their practices. I was going to mention that earlier, Tori, and, and you know we watch other, other coaches practice and the drills that they do, but uh, I found that it's, a, it's, it's an, an encouraging thing and an informational thing to sit and talk with those people. If you get a minute to sit down with them and say, you know, how often do you do these things? Or, and, and as soon as you say that, they, they go off, well, we do that, but we also do this. Right. You didn't see that here, but these are the other little things that we might try and do. And um, I felt like I learned a lot just by listening. Yeah. Right? And the one thing I would tell coaches is that uh, my experience is that college coaches are very giving of their knowledge and very willing to allow people to come and watch them practice and, you know, and sit in and talk to, to them about different things that they're doing. So if you're lucky enough to live close to a college program, don't be afraid to reach out to that coach and, and like I said before, invite yourself to a practice. You know, sure. you know, ask if you can come and watch a couple of days. You know, pick a, a day to um, you know dedicate to watching them go through a, a full day of workouts and things like that, so that you can really see what their practices are all about. And I'm sure you're going to come away with a long list of things that you want to incorporate into your coaching toolbox routine. Yeah, no, they practice a lot, so whatever day you have open. They're likely doing something, yeah. right? But again, another example, you know, this is something that just, it, it's the good news, bad news, um, was lucky enough to go to a uh, local college here in, in the Atlanta area, did a coach's clinic, for lack of a better way um, to say it, for uh, an organization. And all those coaches within that organization, all the age groups were invited, and I went along. What I noticed was that there were two or three of us that were taking notes and writing down everything and and you know, really paying attention. You know, I videotaped a couple things on my phone. You know, I just came away with all kinds of really good ideas. And then I kept looking around the room, and out of the twenty-five or thirty other coaches were there. You know, they were on their phones, but it was you know playing, you know, video games Candy and crush and, and uh, you know sending out text messages and things like that. And I was frustrated by it because you know here I thought you know these, these people are really sharing a lot of good knowledge and a lot of good information here's with us here's your chance here, here's your chance you know you're already here why not do something to make yourself a better coach but it all com- kind of comes back to the old you know you don't know what you don't know and if you think you know it all why would you think you need to listen to anybody else then we're all done uh, and my guess is if we look at you know people who are at the very top of the softball coaching pyramid you know the olympic coaches you know the you know the big time college coaches that are winning national championships at all the divisions 
that they're the ones that have the notepad out, that are writing down ideas, that can't wait to go listen to somebody else talk try and, and try something yeah. new. And one of the things I loved the opportunity, I had you know, many opportunities to speak at coaches' clinics. Did uh, a bunch of clinics for Mary Nutter when Mary Nutter was still alive, you know, her national sports clinics, and had the opportunity to travel all over the country and uh, loved it because I got to share what I know, but I also got a chance to sit in the back of the room and listen to what everybody else knew. And that was amazing to me because I learned so much. Um, and then also conversations I had with the travel ball coaches and high school coaches and rec ball coaches that were at the, cl- at the clinic, you know, in the social hour thing when they would, you know, have ideas or suggestions. And I always thought it was kind of funny because coaches would never raise their hand and ask a question in front of the whole crowd. But as soon as we broke to, you know, to have a little t- time off, you know, they'd line up, you know, to, to ask questions. I always enjoyed that part of it because it gave us a chance to have some, you know, some real conversations and, you know, got tons of really good ideas. But one of the things that was most eye-opening to me was trying to learn more about coaching. I, you know, started going to other sports practices. Sure. I don't know if you've ever been to a football practice, but football practice is kind of a unique thing. And the one thing that I took away the very first time I went to watch a, a college practice was that the scoreboard clock is running. And every five minutes, it was reset, and a horn would go off every five minutes. And at every five minutes, they did something different. Different, right. They never did anything, you know, and this was at the very start of practice when the, you know, the linemen were doing these hand drills of how to get their hands up faster and, you know, know, the drop steps and things like that that the different players were doing. And every five minutes, they switched. And after a while, I, you know, kind of was taken by it. It's like, man, they're, they're like really moving along. And, you know, later on, I had a chance to talk to one of the coaches. I said, well, you know, what's the five-minute deal? And he says, because if you go, go six minutes, they stop listening. I'm like, okay. Now, I think that there's some flexibility in that. Sure. But it made a real impact on me. So when I would lay out my practice plans, it wouldn't necessarily be a five-minute buzzer would go off. If I said, today we're going to spend 10 minutes working on rundowns, we would work on it for 10 minutes. And if we didn't get it, we'd come back to it the next practice. Right. We wouldn't beat the dead horse until... You know, we were so tired that we couldn't, you know. So they were convinced that they couldn't do it. Right. Yeah. And so, um, but so I think for us as coaches, you know, this idea of, of learning as much as you can, keeping an open mind is a great thing. So I don't know if anybody out there is as big a Star Wars geek as I am, but uh, <laughs> um, the one thing that the Mandalorian is telling us is that uh, that it's okay to have a mantra. It's okay to have a way of living your life, but let's make sure that we're open-minded enough to... Sorry. To look for other options. I want to go find out what a Mandalorian is now. It, it's it's pretty cool. You're going to like it. Uh, at least uh, I think if you're a, a Star Wars fan, you definitely love it. So, yeah. so that's going to wrap up Coach Prep number 11. Coach Prep is sponsored by Cleated Up FP, cleatedup.com. Check them out. They are a uh, app for your phone, for team communication, organizational communication. It's a great tool and something that we're really excited about being involved with. Um, and uh, please reach out to the guys at Cleated Up. Um, and uh, let them uh, tell you all about their product. And they're, like I said, they're going to be on our Everything Fast Pitch podcast here uh, shortly, and we're going to have them uh, give us an opportunity to learn an awful lot more about Cleat It Up. Awesome. So if you have ideas, questions, or suggestions for coach prep, please let us know. We're looking for more and more ideas. Uh, again, thanks to one of our uh, listeners who suggested the idea of um, building on this whole becoming a better coach topic and also thanks to mike for reminding us that we forgot to talk about something in our our last one to win so don anything else no looking forward to a good week all right so for coach uh, don mckinley this is coach Corey atchison in the cherokee batting range podcast studio saying thanks for listening to coach prep and we'll talk to you next week